Alright, welcome everyone. So today kita ada Tarma. Hi Tarma, how are you? Hi, uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure to speak to you guys. Walaupun <laughs> lama tak tak bincang, tak cakap, uh, but uh, always we love to hear the, the 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 people who are pushing the tech uh, front of the country <laughs> lah kan. Jamboi. Uh, so Tarma is the is the co-founder of Undi 18. Uh, we met when you were studying uh, in the US. Um, so yeah, so uh, actually, uh, Rafiq, maybe you can tell us a little bit on why uh, we have Tarma today. Okay, uh, for the topic for this podcast today, we are thinking about doing uh, another application uh, using blockchain, which is to record the attendance of parliamentary, the MPs in parliament. And we would like to see if this kind of technology is suitable for that kind of stuff, or is it not? That's why we have Tarma here to explain to us. Um, the challenges and also the problem statement that we might have in doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like Tama, a little bit um, why we why we think that this might be a good application because um, kadang-kadang uh, I saw a lot on social media, which um, they said that their MP tak datang pun parliament, and then even during the debating punya phase for the budget, even the NOF pun tak datang. So I thought, mm-hmm. okay, you know what, kenapa tak datang? Okay. Is there sh- sh- shouldn't the MPs come uh, because that's why they are for And then I tried to see how to request uh, uh, the attendance punya record in Parliament, and it seems that I have to go to the website and I have to yeah. call them and I have to request it. Yeah. yeah so that's why we think lah. Yeah. But maybe you can share sikit your thoughts on on why is the process of getting this attendance punya record is so hard. Um, okay. So the In terms of the parliamentary attendance record, right? Um, so all this is technically supposed to be um, is it, at least the current practice is to not allow it to be uh, easily put into the public, right? I think there is that information gap between uh, the government and the public, and I think this is something that permeates throughout all sectors of government, where we do not provide the right amount of data, we do not provide the right amount of information, and we just do not communicate with uh, with the public in in general, right? I think if anyone is doing research. You always note there is a severe lack of data and a severe lack of information. A lot of things are not tracked, and a lot of things are either behind OSA or, or some sort of bureaucratic process. So, firstly, in terms of trying to understand why this is so, um, the most immediate answer will be it's it's part of a cultural issue uh, with the government, right? Uh, there is the reluctance to empower the public to reveal information, to share and and uh, and open source it, right? I think that is a cultural issue. Uh, that we've been facing with government so far. So, how do these? Uh, let's let's talk about parliament attendance in particular. So, typically, parliament attendance will be recorded into the handset uh, or and and to other recording mechanisms to check who is in attendance on that day in particular um, or attendant uh, who are attending that this debate in particular, right? Um, so, here's a bit of a challenge, right? In terms of trying to identify what does it mean to attend parliament. Right, um, because attendance is a very vague term. Kalau if if you have uh, classes, right? Uh, if you have if you uh, go to school or you go to work, attendance just means you clock in, clock out every single time. However, a lot of our MPs might have different responsibilities as ministers. They might have different responsibilities in their constituencies, or they might have uh, meetings and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. a lot of times MPs don't necessarily uh, enter the the hall all the time. They might be in Parliament. Uh, or in a parliamentary building, or they might be nearby, right? But they may not be in the hall itself during, let's say, debates, right? Unless it's their own turn. 
because sometimes debates can take a long time. We are, they already know exactly the debate text. They are, that means if you are a parliamentarian, you already know what the other side is going to say because you have to get a text uh, pre-given to you, especially if you're a minister. You already have the text given out to you. Uh, your civil servants and your special officers will be able to counter-check this, this text. So these are the mechanisms that are already there that um, make it or, or, or decrease the incentives of parliamentarians to attend constantly, right? So it's... Um, so. I think that's, that's something that, that people need to understand in terms of attendance. What does that word even necessarily mean in the first place, right? Um, I think the most straightforward way of, uh, of uh, defining or checking attendance is in terms of the votes itself, right? The parliamentary votes. Uh, are you mm -hmm. there or not? Are you absent or not? Uh, that's normally the, the easiest way. But again, is that the best way to, to judge it, right? Because sometimes you're just there and then your whip, your ketua whip party tells you, uh, hey, um, Tarma, you have to vote this way. You have to vote yes on this bill. You have to vote no on this bill, right? And then you just you just follow it without being a part of the debate. So I think in terms of understanding this parliamentary attendance, one of the first things is to define what this parliamentary attendance mean. What are the, the yardsticks of defining what is a good or bad parliamentary attendance? Um, Has that been defined or not? I, uh, it depends on media, right? Different media defines it in different ways. Right, uh, a lot of a lot of times they define it as I. The, I think the most straightforward way people define it as uh, votes. Right, if you're there for the voting session uh, or not. Right, I think that is the most straightforward one. But if you if you follow parliamentary debates, you will know that voting only happens um, maybe out of out of the thirty to sixty days of uh, parliament is in session. Voting only happens maybe seven eight days, right? Out of that, so the rest of the time are debates. Uh, our discussions, our motions being brought up. So again, it's it's a bit uh, it's a bit vague and it's a bit difficult for you to properly define. But that's it's, that's essentially the idea, right? Uh, that people normally define based on voting records instead of attending or being in the hall during the debates. Mm -hmm. mm, interesting, interesting insight. Because mm. I was trying to think. Uh, I just realized that you say that attendance is based on the media. What about the from the perspective of the government, then is is it still the same? Like based on the vote, the one that you just so, said just now. Yeah. So normally on the on the handset, uh, when you when you get the handset, they will address and they will track who is in the hall at that time because that's what they, they is the most important track. Um, it is quite difficult to track uh, who is coming in and out on a daily basis um, or on an hourly basis because people clamor us all the time. You know, you want to go to, 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 to the toilet, you want to go drink coffee. You have a meeting, right? Sometimes you just want to go for smoke, right? Uh, these are these are reality, right? So there is no, of course, there are parliamentary staff, but there's mm -hmm. no one like you know clicking. Oh, uh, MP, uh, MP pekan keluar untuk dua jam, keluar untuk dua minute, kencing or something like that, right? There's no such thing uh, in the standing orders. So all this depends on the standing orders, and in our current standing orders, there is no tracking of when MPs keluar masuk. Um, even on your handset, you will only see. Uh, mm -hmm. If MPs are there for the vote or not, is that true for other parliaments uh, in other countries? So I can't I can't say as a whole um, mm. because it's, it's quite uh, it's again their durang punya uh, systems and their tracking methods and their uh, SOPs and their standing orders are quite different. Uh, mm. Every parliamentary system is quite unique uh, in a way, right? Um, however, there are I think the the difference is that a lot of other parliamentary systems can track attendance uh, in terms of joining the debates itself because um, 
they have perhaps a more like a more congress type type system right where the, the, the debates are short the debates are, uh, are important the debates are impactful right uh, whereas in parliamentary system it's based on party whip and stuff like that so there are differences in culture that we have to also take into account um, so uh, honestly i i to answer your question exactly i have not done mm-hmm. the research to compare this sop um, in terms yeah. of how they track exactly the, the reason why 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 we think that you are the best person to invite fans about initially why we think blockchain is useful for this because we thought that would be special interest to not let the public know the proper attendance record mm. and because blockchain is like a, a digital ledger or like an accounting ledger where all the records are updated by the participating computers in the network which means it is transparent you can change it so we thought it might be good if uh, we can use that that technology but then when you also say about the the difficulty in defining what is attendance uh, i think it's actually quite tricky lah it's not mm-hmm. tricky actually yeah i so, think they uh, they need to yeah. proper proper discussion on defining the attendance i think in my mind the best way to um, direct the discussion would be what constitute an important attendance to the public mm. i think during the during the voting would be would be a great way to let the public know who's voting what do they attend what kind of voting um, policy that they are going for i don't mm-hmm. know what do you think tarma uh, i i agree so i was just uh, googling it google googling the the attendance really quickly uh, <laughs> googling is that even the right word yeah. uh, but it is it is right yeah. uh, so the idea is that uh, for let's say the uk parliament so on ordinary occasions the attendance of members of parliament is not enforced by either house Um, it's only recorded in terms of who debates and who mm. is uh, who is there for the voting itself. So it is actually similar to how it works in Malaysia. So on normal sessions during the debates in general, you don't track siapa keluar masuk and all that stuff. That's not really a big concern for um, for mm. them. Uh, however, you uh, you only track for debates and stuff. So in my opinion, right? I think I think this is my personal opinion. Uh, to address Rafik's point, I personally think that some of the more important things. Track is one, of course. The how often you you attend for the debates itself. Uh, sorry, not 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 for the debates itself. For the uh, voting itself, right? I think that part is very straightforward. Are you there or not? Uh, are you there to cast your vote? Because you're supposed mm-hmm. to be an elected member uh, or, or an elected representative, um, and your role is to represent the people's voice. So if you're not there to exercise your vote in parliament, then what are you doing, right? So I think that's the most important to track. I think the second thing that you can track is. Uh, How much time out of uh, out of your parliamentary session are you using for to um, to send in motions or to send in debates? And how much time have you been allocated? I think that's also another important yardstick that you can that you can try to look into because part of the uh, part of the handset uh, right uh, you can you can track how many percent like some people have done the analysis of how many percent of let's say uh, let's say YB Rafiq right um, or uh, and out out of uh, Out of like uh, the three years that is there, how many total minutes or how many total hours has he spent debating on certain policy issues or debating mm-hmm. uh, and and bringing up usul? That is recorded, right? I bet that's gonna be more than a year. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I, I don't think that's that's, that's possible, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah, but uh, good, yeah. but that's uh, that's actually recorded right now because it's part of your handset, right? Um, whatever you say is recorded in the handset because uh, you have to submit. Your initial text, your text to chapai, mm. and there, there are what do you call it? Um, 
the word is not coming for me. The the people who track speeches um, or track uh, uh, track uh, recordings when events and, and stuff like that. Um, there's okay. a, there's a specific yeah, word for it. it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but basically, but basically, um, there are people that that do the tracking for the yeah. exit. Um, so if yeah. you want to think about mm-hmm. in terms of tracking or in terms of trying to identify what matters. I think those two things are quite important. Mm-hmm. I think, Rafiq, we should ask ourselves again, why do we want to track parliamentary attendance? Is it because you want to see whether the MPs uh, or are we trying to see how impactful or is the MP voicing out uh, the opinions of the people? Lah? And I oh, think, yeah. uh, Talma, where you were going at, like, defining what your stake, such as how many minutes were they given, how many minutes did they use in the debates, I think that's actually uh, quite nice. Lah. Then if we can put that in 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 the blockchain kind of thing, so it means we could see uh, a track record of all the MPs, how much are they uh, debating on certain issues, where do they uh, uh, not presenting their views ke, and I think that will be much more comprehensive than just simply whether they they are datang ke tak to the parliament. Okay, so I get another question to that. Do we even so, need to use blockchain at, at all for doing that? That was my link. Yeah, so uh, knowing that the, the data is already there, yeah. in my opinion, is that the, the only reason for us to... Susah, yeah, it's susah, but there's a way. So we can have a group of people who are willing to do that, those kind of work. We pay them out. It's not like a volunteer work. We're not like capitalists. Yeah. So uh, do we even need to use blockchain? We can use a simple website as well. And do people really care about it? I think in the end, the bot, at the end of the line, Will people will people care about it? Is it a cultural kind of thing? You know, mm. we have the tag. I, I I can see we can use blockchain as as a way to have a censorship resistant website, meaning that even the government can't take it down. But is it controversial enough though to to let the government do that as well? Even oh. it's I guess in the end it's up to the people what they really care about, and how we transmit the information to them. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, I personally think that um, that you don't need a blockchain. I think I think I was telling this um, uh, to uh, I mean in, in response to this entire discussion, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I was like I was saying that you don't necessarily need to um, to use blockchain in order to achieve this target, right? Because if you can get access to the handset, right, um, and you can, if you're a researcher, you can put in a request to Parliament and they will uh, approve you. But that this that's a bureaucratic. Uh, step that you have to go through. Of course, in an ideal scenario, you would want to release that handset uh, on, a, on a semi-regular basis. Like after every parliamentary session, you release the handset. You release the handset. By that, by right, that should be the methodology that's used because this is a matter of public interest. What is being debated in parliament, right? Um, so I think, uh, firstly, we can we can overcome this issue of uh, government uh, secrecy or government mistrust of the public and allow that more open system where handsets are being shared, uh, are being shared more, uh, more easily, then it's very easy to take this handset and uh, basically apply something like maybe text analytics, right? Or some sort, mm-hmm. of, uh, some sort of scanning proposal because you, when you get it, you're not going to get it in a PDF copy, by the way, right? Uh, <laughs> from, my, from my understanding, uh, because I've, okay. I've, had, I've had some um, friends who, um, who have, don't, don't say friends, like, some, some people who have looked into this, uh, because they want to look at um, historical records in terms of who lo- who lompat party and who jumped over parties, right? And mm-hmm. one of the best ways is to look at handset. Um, so the process for that is going to be very tough because it is not digitized at all. So at it's all. going to be at all, yeah. 
So if you want to get it, uh, you will have to get a physical copy. That's my understanding uh, about the system at the moment. So it's going to be physical. So you will have wow. to uh, uh, scan it up yourself. You have to process it yourself and make sure that uh, it's something that's accessible uh, to the public, right? So I think that's that's the first part. But if you are able to do that scanning part, then it is certainly 100% possible to use any sort of sort of text analytics technology to scan X amount or percentage uh, of how much this YB or this MP has debated in the past, how involved they are, and how many times they've, they've attended, right? So it's definitely possible uh, to be done. But again, it's, a, it's an issue of uh, having that openness, right? Um, so which is why I don't necessarily believe that you need um, blockchain to achieve this, right? Um, because in my mind, uh, one, of the, one of the issues with, uh, yes, blockchain is, is, is safer in a, uh, in a way or less, or less uh, open to government disturbance. But really the issue is, is not necessarily government disturbance, is it, right? Uh, because if let's say you create a website, then on your website, you you link to your to your blocks to your blockchain uh, for parliament um, uh, for parliament records for example if the government or MCMC takes down that website then you then you lose access anyway right um, so there are many ways to make it difficult for the public to access this information um, so I think that's one of the challenges right I, I do think blockchain is an interesting technology as a whole but I don't think it should be it's is is necessarily the most efficient solution. It is mm-hmm. a solution, but is it the most efficient solution? People will do all this work to develop blockchain, this and that, and then you yeah. realize that the systems are slower, it takes more time, it takes more processing speed than doing something simpler, right? I mean, this is the reality of blockchain, right? It is The reason why it's safe is because it is complicated or it is complex, which takes a lot more processing time than something that is more basic. So I, I guess that's the pros and cons that you've got to navigate. Yeah. I think Rafiq probably has something to say on governments taking down websites. Uh, so, Rafi, uh, I, I think you saw this project called Stronger Domain. Unstoppable Domain. They, so they, they have a basically what we do for now, currently, we buy domains do, custodial. custodial. Uh-huh. And the government has the power to take it down by you know contacting the custodian of that domain. And using that kind of technology, so we have the ability to be censorship resistant. I see. At first, initially, I thought it's going to be the problem with the government trying to take things down. But then again, yeah, yeah. from our discussion just now, it feels like it is a much deeper inside the government yeah. uh, yeah. bureaucratic process that's been... But, but Tarma, right? Okay, let's yeah. say we, we managed to figure out the technical part of getting all this information. Then. But who yeah. do you think would benefit from all this... Um, parliament tracking. Will it be the people, the MPs? Um, so, so essentially, um, all this uh, information, like like, why do you use, why do you put out information, right? It's because for people who are interested to take advantage of it, to use it, and to and to uh, create and to process it, right? That's the reality. It's you're not you're not expecting your average pachi kedai kopi to be like, yeah, blockchain. Let's go chat up parliamentary attendance, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think I think that's um, even right now, even with any other thing, even with politics in general, uh, that's not how things work, right? People mm-hmm. have different um, different types of focus areas, different types of priorities. So, most people, ninety nine percent of the public, will not be interested. However, that one percent of the public, whether it's journalists, whether it's the media, whether it's professors, whether it's researchers, right? These are the people that will be able to take that information 
and make it into something that is that makes sense that's something that is uh, that is relatable to the public so for example if let's say i had this information i can tell you during elections why are you electing this guy pergi parliament pun tak right he, you're electing him for no reason is he even using his parliamentary allocations well stuff like that he's not even doing his job as a parliamentarian so you can make a very clear case about it so i think that's that's basically the idea right uh, when you put out information it, the expectation cannot be that everyone will be using this information ex- especially if it, if it is um, pre-processed and um, and basically uh, first uh, what do you call it primary source or secondary source materials only once you um, you change it into infographics you change it into something that is a bit more understandable you put a little bit of marketing on it then it makes sense right i think this is the reality of how things work lah okay so i got a question to ask actually yeah. so What if we don't really need to interact with the government to get this kind of data? Meaning that we know, I know that some of the debates in parliament is actually open to, to the public. People can just enter it, uh, enter in, and then see how everything's going. And those kind of people can be the third party to relay the information to outside, to the outside world. Would that even possible? Is there any organization doing that as well? There is no organization doing it because it's just crazy work. If you think about <laughs> it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because why, why, uh, a lot why? of okay because uh, think about it right um, every time a parliamentary session sits uh, sits you are looking at hours and hours per day right where you're just sitting down and typing out these materials right you're just typing and typing and typing right um, so if you were a parliamentary staff you're literally paid and you have an entire team that's uh, that's behind you and helping you to do this uh, to track these parliamentary debates right but if you are an uh, like an organization or something like that i think maybe you can if you want to go sit down and listen to these debates but in reality i think maybe the best way is to to try to get rtm videos couple or recordings and try to track from there but again it is such a, a labor intensive job um, yes. and it's so difficult to be to be done unless um, you find you somehow find a, a method um, to effectively convert uh, malay text right uh, text in malay and also colloquial colloquial malaysian slang into uh, into text right mm-hmm. unless you can you have that that sort of technology developed um, so that has succeeded to an extent in english where you're able to convert um, uh, audio into text uh, yeah somewhat okay lah it's not perfect again you still need someone to pour through the videos make sure everything is accurate and all that stuff but it's still not bad uh, but um, from my understanding the uh, the malay language for for that sort of ai technology is not as uh, is not as developed yet But maybe that's okay. something that you guys can look into. I don't know. Okay, so maybe. Hmm. Yes, Rick, do you have a question? So I got a question because the thing about blockchain as well is the the power of tokenomics as well. You know, try to incentivize people to do some stuff in order to get a reward. So that's why I was thinking if we can have a third party that can get reward for doing this kind of stuff, it could happen as well. But I'm not sure how far the extent of the incentive for people to try and come and listen. Throughout the debate, yeah. and somehow they got a reward for doing that, and then put it I in think, the, yeah. the blockchain. That's that's probably like a whole other conversation of how do we incentivize people to to stay in during the parliament debates and take notes or whatever. Okay, so yeah. okay, Tama, but do you think there's a space for blockchain in Malaysian society or politics? Not business wise, but maybe politics and yeah, politics. Yeah, I. I do think one interesting thing that I've been trying to explore is to use blockchain in terms of uh, in terms of voting, 
right if you think about it because um voting yeah. like uh, one of the one of the elements of a vote like what 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 are elements of uh, of a voting um paper is is something that's identifiable something that is unique and something that can be traced back uh, but still anonymous right so these are elements that are quite important in creating a um uh, what do you call it a, a ballot paper right um and um so i think that element is 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 some, somewhat similar to blockchain right where it is unique right uh, the 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 numbers generated itself is unique um you are able to trace it back right that means uh, track it back that means if let's say you have 10000 votes you know exactly which are the which are the um which are the exact individuals based on those assigned numbers which are voting over here right um and of course it's it's uh, it's you're able to generate lots and lots of it like right so i think that is something that is interesting to consider for let's say if you want to pursue online voting for example right um so I, yeah i think that that perhaps is something that i'm exploring but when we talked about it with uh, with the uh, speaker of the house um dato azaharun so we spoke to him about it after parliament digital so we did this in um, august or september if i'm not mistaken uh, can't recall anymore right but we had a meeting with him and we had a chat about implementing digital parliament solutions so one of the things that we discussed were uh, with were also um, what if we could do, do voting in an online basis right um, and the immediate feedback we got from him was that yes these are key elements that um, that are there however one of the most important elements is that's not there is that if you are challenged in court do you have a piece of evidence that is able to that is able to hold up right i think so i think that that sense of public trust and that sense of that element of um, of i believe in that system because it is physically there i can actively mm. prove it i think that part is quite valuable uh, or, or that's the reason why a lot of countries stick to for example uh, physical voting right now like you can see it see what happened in the us right where trump was questioning dominion's um, voting system because they were based in germany their servers were based in germany and they were like oh why is why is it based in germany instead of based in america and how how do you know these numbers of these dominion uh, online voting uh, devices right so and it's not even it's not even online voting it's electronic voting right uh, for dominion so i th- i think these are real issues that you have to develop so i i personally think that voting is one one part that is very exciting and you can definitely explore blockchain as a technology uh but these are real public trust uh issues that you must yeah. you must uh, address also i think this is a good opening to another topic called national identity being brought yeah. up by the Malaysian government as well because those kind of thing can be only implemented when the infrastructure can be laid out by the government yeah. and national identity but they are but they are talking about a digital id um, yeah. so it has been a conversation so who knows whether it might be Um thank you so much Tarma uh yeah. we tried to to keep this conversation conversation um short uh we really appreciate you sharing your you know your experience working with the parliament with the speaker of the house for us kita orang tak adalah ada kind of uh, experience so that's why we want to have you here um thank you so much Tarma um yeah have, thanks uh, for inviting me yeah. Yeah. yeah Rafiq any last words oh no i think because after Tarma talking about the voting thing i think it's a good discussion that we should explore about the digital of national identity identification and i think it could pose a philosophical problem as well through that yeah. because i i remember i was hearing this podcast from 
doctor, I don't remember his name, but he's an AI specialist. He said that the future only has two directions, surveillance and surveillance, meaning that it's either being surveyed by the government or the elite, or you're being surveyed by everyone, by everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. Meaning blockchain could pose that solution and another solution will be posed by, by the government or the elite. So it's a really good discussion if we want to dive into that in the future. Yeah, yeah but also, also I just need to point out uh, one, one thing uh, that as technology becomes more acceptable, more mainstream, it tends to get co-opted by those who have power. This is the reality of how, how the world works, right? Um, so if let's say blockchain is attractive now, because it's anonymous, because it's sort of like pseudo-anarchist, but once there is greater mainstream uh, application and uh, an acceptance of the blockchain, you will have greater pub, uh, government investment, legislative changes around, um, around tracking blockchain and also, uh, and also co-opting blockchain into the system itself. So again, you can't run away lah. Yeah, you can't run away. True. Right. Enough, uh, my, my ending, you can't yeah. run away. <laughs> yeah, true, you can't run away. Rafiq would choose to deny that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tarma. Uh, All right, thanks, everyone. Okay, yeah, see you around. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tarma.